VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Crosstalk, originating from Trail Ridge Camp, uh, just outside of Hillsboro, Wisconsin, as this week we are ministering to young people here at Trail Ridge. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a regular listener to Crosstalk, you will know that we have warned about deception, and frankly, it is on the increase, just as Scripture said it would. Many have wondered things about the end times, just as how one would be able to control what people would buy or sell. But just look what's happening happening rapidly in, in countries around the world that are, that are accepting and even mandating a central bank digital currency and, and uh, having uh, holds on people's bank accounts. We've seen that happen even in Canada. Well, there is also advancement rapidly happening in the United States on this issue, and others have wondered not only about this one-world monetary system, but what about a one-world religion? I mean, with all the different belief systems out there, what makes anybody believe that this uh, one-world religion would actually come about? Well, friends, this will not happen when somebody suddenly snaps their fingers and says, you know, voila, we now have a one-world religious system. Rather, it's a system that's been at work for a long time slowly and subtly. In 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 to 14, it, it's written, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Well, our guest today will address this matter, our topic, mysticism and the coming world religion. We're pleased to have with us today T.A. McMahon. He is president and executive director of the Berean Call Ministry. He is also editor-in-chief and contributing writer for the Berean Call Newsletter, co-author of The Seduction of Christianity, and America, the Sorcerer's New Apprentice. He's also author of Showtime for the Sheep and Temporal Delusion. He has uh, research, uh, researched many issues, written on numerous uh, documentaries and topics. Tom, thank you for joining us here today on Crosstalk. It's my pleasure, Jim. Thanks so, Tom, the discussion of a coming one-world religion is not some conspiracy theory out there, but scripturally, actually, Scripture tells us that this is going to come to pass, doesn't it? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But, Jim, before we go there, I, I'm excited about what you said earlier, where you are and what you're doing. Hmm. I just got off a week of one of my favorite things, and that is I was involved with Vacation Bible School. Yeah. And the issue was putting on the armor of God and, you know, five days of uh, being with young people, and it's it was just a joy, an absolute joy, and so I'm excited where you are and what you guys are doing there. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, we have a interesting week here about uh, uh, focusing on Jason, who turned the world upside down, and we're focusing on how we, uh, young people, can turn the world upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ and be a witness, a, vi- a vibrant witness for him. So looking That'd forward to these opportunities. Yeah. And the Lord has laid it all out for us. It's not like we we're guessing we we need to do this, do that. No, God makes it very clear, very plain, and it's exciting to see young people uh, yeah. get excited about. You know, the first day they show up, uh, they're not so sure they want to be there. <laughs> yes, the second day they can't wait to get back to it. I'm right. telling you, right. it's uh, like I said, it's a joy of my heart to be involved in that. So on this topic of a one-world religion and uh, the, with the things that we're seeing fall out, uh, Scripture does tell us what's going to happen, does it not? It does. Uh, obviously, there, there are two choices that uh, we, not only as believers, but those who are unbelievers, we've got two choices. It's either going to be God or it's going to be self. Hmm. And uh, as these things develop, the adversary, he knows his days are short. Okay, so he's pouring more stuff, more ideas and consequences out there. And as these things play out, we can see, well, Second Thessalonians says that those who have not a love for the truth, God will send strong delusion. And I don't know how we could better describe what's taking place. And I would say this to, to your audience. Um, are things unique? Are they different? Are they wild and woolly? I mean, it's it's just, it's almost indescribable what is taking place. But 
Mm-hmm. As, as you alluded to, the scripture says, yes, this is the way it's going. You know, Jim, we, we offer a book. I mean, to me, anything besides the Bible, uh, you know, you'd have to question. But this book is called Christianity and Anti-Christianity in Their Final Conflict. And what's interesting is that uh, the man that wrote it, Samuel Andrews, okay, what he did was he just checked out as he read through Revelation, Okay, as he read through many of the epistles and so on, the book of Daniel, he said, wait a minute, let me look around and see if anything is, any of this is taking place today. Now, Jim, what's unique about this book is that it was written 120 years ago, and it reads wow. like today. So my, my uh, perspective on what he's written, and he backs it up scripturally every which way, but you can see a convergence. It's all moving to a certain point, a certain time in history, which the Bible describes. So he, he never claimed to have Tom, any do, unique gift of prophecy. Go ahead, Jim, sorry. Yeah, do we know the timing of when such a religion will come about? Well, um, I, I, you know, I don't know if we can say exactly. I mean, my heart's cry is, come, come Lord, come quickly, come now, because the, again... You know, I quoted the verse in Second Thessalonians, strong delusion. Can you think of a more uh, accurate description of where we are today? Oh, it's right before us. Oh, it's, it's everywhere. And it's, it's absolutely, uh, you know, Scripture says, hey, don't be surprised. Well, it's hard not to be surprised. You know, I, I'm, in, I'm pushing 80, okay? And I think about my youth. I think, you know, I wasn't a believer, but there was a time in our country in which, you know, maybe they didn't have sound doctrine, but they had common sense. They had a a way of recognizing things that we've lost today. You know, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And the verse goes on, and they will turn aside to fables. So it's very clear. It's out there. And we are experiencing that. Um, well, yeah. you know, what can you say except, and we'll get into this. So what's the solution? Where do we, where do we go in terms of having to yeah. deal with it? T.A. McMahon is with us here today on Crosstalk, and he is president and executive director of the Berean Call Ministry. Uh, Tom, uh, as, as we see this, this one-world religion unfolding here, and we see the delusion, this strong delusion that's before us now, when did the process begin toward the creation of a one-world religion? Well, okay. I, I, I'm laughing, but I'm not, because uh, these are issues. For example, I mean, I would start in heaven. What? What are you talking about? In heaven? Yes. Uh, I will be as the Most High. Who said that? Lucifer, right? He's in a perfect environment. So that is strong delusion at the very most, you know, the highest, because you're talking in a perfect environment. He becomes self-deluded. All right, so what, what happens? He takes it to earth. Well, what does he do? He feeds this to, seduces Eve through this. Uh, that she will be as God. You know, first of all, I said, did God indeed say? So there's a doubting of, of what the Scriptures teaches and so on. So, I, you know, I go all the way back to Genesis, you know, for us, because that's when it was, you know, when man was seduced. Well, Adam wasn't seduced. He just flat out disobeyed. But Eve was seduced. So the point, my point being is that that's where we sinned. That's where it came in. And once sin comes in, you know, just follow the track. I mean, number one, it's we will be as gods. And we know uh, the Antichrist sets himself up in the temple of God to be worshipped as God and so on. So we've seen, we, we see all this stuff playing out, but no generation uh, has ever seen it like this. I don't believe. You know, I've been around a long time. <laughs> Some people say, uh, you've been around a long time, Tom. But nevertheless, this is what... We have to deal with, and that's why we're talking about mysticism and the, you know, the coming one-world religion. It's got to be different mm-hmm. than it is. Let, and, go ahead. Let, let's define that term, mysticism. Define that for us. What do you mean by mysticism? Well, it's um, it, it's a difficult term to to define, but but I would say based on 
well, at least at least my understanding, what it is is you've turned from the objective truth of God's word. So it's a it's a system of trying to understand what's taking place by looking to feelings, by looking to intuition, by looking to these things that are very subjective. Now, Jim, I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation. With, well, I'll give you an example. Sometimes when I'm speaking, somebody will come up to me and say, well, Tom, I heard what you had to say, and, um, you know, you, you use Scripture, and you, it seemed very logical. And then there's a pause, and, and the person will say, but I'm sorry, Tom, I just don't but. feel that. So you see where we in this particular case, we've moved into a very subjective realm, as opposed to what? As opposed to God's truth, objective truth, that you can search the scriptures, that you can come to an understanding about that. But when somebody says, I don't feel that way, what's he relying on? Emotions, subjective ideas, intuition, all of this stuff that you can't define specifically, uh, but you, but it makes them feel like they understand what's going on. And it's, again, we go back to the term strong delusion. Uh, if you don't have a love for the truth, that's what that's based on. If you don't have a love for the truth, God himself sends strong delusion. We need to have a heart for truth. And what is truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's just one of many, many verses that pull us back to, wait a minute, what does God's Word say, as opposed yeah. to what the world's saying, what uh, this person's saying, what these prophets, false prophets. I mean, you could go on and on and talk about the delusion. And ultimately, you know, that's why I started with uh, Lucifer in heaven. I will be as the Most High. Jim, can you think of anything <laughs> has, has more to do with delusion if it's your thoughts if it's and not based on logic reason and so on but more so it's not based on the word of god people buy into it and they're convinced because why they're falling back on their emotions their feelings their uh, understandings you know cast down the imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of god let every thought be taken captive and that's only <laughs> that only works when it's in truth but the adversary. Indeed. The, the truth is so critically important here, Tom. And, and no. we, even as Scripture says, you quoted from John 14, 6, and I think of John 17, 17, where it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And, and that, that we've got to have that foundation. That foundation of truth is the word of God itself. And, and we, in order to see the delusion taking place or, or be aware of it, uh, we have to see the foundation that is there underneath us the truth and and uh, certainly when we see things contradict the truth we know that the, that delusion is upon us we're going to take a quick break here on crosstalk uh, T.A. McMahon is with us he is president and executive director of the Berean Call Ministry and today on crosstalk we're discussing mysticism and the coming world religion we're going to be taking a delving further into this mysticism what's happening in our world today and the universal appeal that is coming about with mysticism so, friends, stay with us. We'll be back in just one minute. This is Crosstalk coming your way on the VCY America Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, are animals more and more intelligent as they march up the evolutionary tree? Chris, let's get this straight. Evolution did not happen. There is no valid evolutionary tree. There are no higher animals. It stands to reason in evolution that the apes would be the most intelligent of the animals, only bested by mankind. While it is true that apes have a larger brain than do, say, toads, there are a lot of animals thought to be lower on the evolutionary tree which are quite intelligent. A number of insects can do things that would astound you. Now even a fish has been discovered that can use tools in digging its burrow. Chris, there is no hierarchy of the animals leading to man. Each of the animals were created separately after their kind, each with unique abilities. Chris, it makes so much sense when you go back to Genesis for your starting point. You can find us on the web at www.icr.org.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Our guest today is T.A. McMahon. He is a president, executive director of the Berean Call Ministry. Many of you will recognize the name of David Hunt. Uh, David, uh, certainly uh, he and uh, T.A. McMahon are very much engaged in, in bringing this ministry about and, and really being uh, guardians of the truth and proclaiming biblical truth and encouraging us to search the scriptures daily, whether those things are so. You know, test what you see today, hear what you hear today. Whether it's on the radio, coming from a pulpit, whatever it might be, test according to Scripture itself. So critically important. Uh, Tom, you have written that undermining sound doctrine is Satan's primary tool in his attempt to shipwreck the faith and fruitfulness of believers. Comment on that, if you would. Well, you know, when we look at the adversary, obviously uh, we don't want to major on that, but it says we're not to be... Mm -hmm unaware of his devices, and so on. The the thing that's interesting about that is he's a liar. He's the father of lies. Okay, so he has no truth. There's no truth in him. So this is what it comes down to. We have the Word of God, God's truth, versus the lie. And, you know, as I think I mentioned earlier, that um, he knows his time is short. And that being the case, he's pouring it all out. He's bringing it all out. And every jot and tittle that comes from him is a lie, is a delusion, and so on. But he makes it and puts it out in an incredibly subjective way. Now, we talked earlier about, so what is mysticism? Well, we could give lots of definitions of it, but it has to do with not objective truth, it has to do with somebody's feelings. Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, it, Tom, that's interesting, but I don't feel that way. And then that becomes a person's standard. And we're seeing that today. The, the things that are out there, they're mind-boggling. Why? Because they're strong delusion. And they're mind-boggling because people are buying into something that's so overtly, so obviously a lie, a, a delusion. It makes no sense. But nevertheless, you'd say, how could people buy into this? How could they believe this? Because it appeals to the heart of man, you know, our fallen nature. It, it's, it's like this is what they want in their heart. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. can it come about? No. Satan has never been, I mean, he's been incredibly destructive, but he's never been fruitful in a, in, in a good sense. In other words, he can't put it together because he comes from the basis of lies, things that are so contrary to the Scriptures, contrary to the Word of God. So that's that's the program that we're in. And uh, when I say we, I'm not talking, hopefully not believers, but nevertheless, we can all be seduced, we can all fall into uh, a delusion to some degree. But nevertheless, once we do, and once we get on that track, I mean, you're, you know, I'm not saying that for some they're going to lose their salvation because of because they've been tripped up or or they've bought into this stuff, but they can repent. They can come to an understanding of the truth which the scriptures lays out over I'd like over, over again. Yeah, I'd like you to address this matter of the world's religions coming together, because we see some pretty vast differences in a number of religions. Uh, uh, we think of all the, the different denominations out there. We think of, of, of Islam itself and, and how this just doesn't mesh with other religions. How does mysticism bring these religions together? Okay, first of all, because it moves to, as I've been describing, it moves to a subjective realm. And the only thing you can say about subject, you know, subjective realm is that it's in the imagination. It makes things up that have nothing to do with objective truth. Now, when we talk about some belief systems, let's take Islam, for example. Well, what do we know in terms of, from the scriptures, what, what we can say about the coming world religion? It has to be very ecumenical. By that I mean it has to be able to work with that system, this system, this belief system, and so on, in order for it to work together. Well, is there a problem with Islam? Now, there are two kinds of is- Islam. One is, has to, one's very subjective. If, if your audience is familiar with something like uh, that we call the, well, we don't call it, but, but the name of it is the, the it's 
it's a whirling dervishes, okay? These are those who, um, it's a subjective part of Islam, and it's as opposed to Sharia law. So on the one hand, uh, we have a system that would draw you into um, something that's very emotional, that's really spirit-driven according to them, and that would be those who whirl themselves into altered states of consciousness. And the problem with that is, uh, you're, once you're in an altered state of consciousness, you've removed yourself from objective reality. Okay. Now, the problem for the other problem for Islam is Sharia law. You either submit and you do it on the basis of the sword, you do it on, on the basis of what they would call their laws, their rules, and so on and so forth. Um, that, that has nothing to do with a, an emotional, subjective, altered state of consciousness, which these, again, whirling dervishes spin themselves into altered states of consciousness. So one of those things, the, that gets along with everybody. You, you don't have any concern about objective truth or the rules or the regulations. On the other hand, you have Sharia law, okay, in which they have to, they have to submit to that, okay, at the point of a sword. Now, what's, mm-hmm. what's the problem there? Well, the problem there is, Jim, tell me how that would fit into um, Sharia law, into moving people into their belief system, and so on. Now, remember, it's got to, it will oppose the, uh, it, it will oppose the, uh, the ecumenism, the drawing people together, because it, they believe in Allah. They're not going to go for, you know, some other god, some other subjective um, personage. So <laughs> they're in trouble. God, the, yeah, yeah. the Antichrist cannot allow that to take place because it doesn't draw people into your into your belief system. So, you know, it's Tom, um, yeah. Let me remove. Is my point. Is there mysticism in evangelical Christianity? Yes, there is. <laughs> this is really a great concern that I have. You see, a lot of people would say, well, not a lot, a lot but, but many, into, it's called the contemplative movement, Jim. In other words, they, they're telling us as believers, okay, that even though we read the Bible, we've got a problem. We read the Bible, but that's just words, okay, and... Uh, no matter what you call it, they say that will not move you into a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. So we need something, according to them, we need something that would have our relationship with Jesus a better deal, a a, a more intimate deal, and so on. So what do they teach? They teach mysticism. They teach meditation. They say, no, the words are just words. What we need to do is get into an altered state of consciousness through meditation, and it's not biblical meditation, it's Eastern meditation. So that's called the contemplative movement, and many, many evangelicals, big names, have bought into that. Now, look, if you're meditating uh, according to, not according to the Scripture, but you're meditating according to Eastern mysticism, guess what? You're going to contact a demon. <laughs> I mean, that's the hard facts of what takes place. But, again, remember, Satan is a seducer. So whatever interaction a person might have with those entities that they're communing with, well, guess what? They're going to be demons. There's no way around it when you look at what the Scriptures teach. You know, Tom, we, we have seen many influential evangelical leaders who have sought to bring religions together, such as, uh, you know, ECT, Evangelicals and Catholics together. Uh, right. Tell tell her if you would explain why this should be a concern. And I mean, I see also Ignatius Loyola was the founder of the Jesuits, and he was no stranger to mysticism. Is, is there a harm? Share the concern of, of bringing groups together. And some will say, well, we're all supposed to be unified, aren't we? But that's not the kind of unity scripture you're speaking of. No. No, it, it has to do with truth. <laughs> As a young believer, I had difficulty with one of the definitions of, of uh, sin. 
and it was called Missing the Mark. Jim, I didn't understand that. Okay, now I fully understand it. In other words, God has laid out his truth. When I have deviated, whether I say, hey, wait a minute, no, Tom, you're not understanding this, because we want to draw closer to God. We want a more personal, intimate relationship. I say, fine, show me how you're going to do that. And when you turn to Eastern mysticism, when you turn to meditation, when you turn to all these things, yeah, but I feel, this is the way I feel, I feel closer to God. Where has one's feelings ever set the criteria for truth? Never, and it can't be. It's got to be the Word of God. So those yeah. who, who are moving in that direction, well, this makes me feel closer to God. Well, good luck. Give me chapter and verse. Tell me what the Scriptures say. And so, you know, Jim, I, let me put this in there. I probably shouldn't, but I, I will. You know, thoughts hit me. And one of the things that, that, that I thought about that and recognized, at least in my mind, from, from what I do, is something called um, Christian horseshoes. What? Christian horseshoes? Now, I just made that up. Okay. But it's based on an observation that I've had in my involvement in ministry. In other words, when you, the, you look at the rules of horseshoes, it says you don't need to make a ringer every time to get points, right? No, according to the, you know, the rules, you just have to get close enough. Well, when you apply that, obviously that's, that's the rules of, of horseshoes. But when you apply that to your walk with the Lord, to your understanding of what the Word of God teaches, and you say, close enough, no. That's, uh, that, again, is the beginning of delusion and moves to strong delusion that we have just uh, moved off to the, to, to the left or moved off to the right. But what have we done? We have drifted away. Well, I'll give you a scripture. This is um, Hebrews, I think it's chapter 11, verse 2, and you check me out on that, okay? Um, it says, Take heed to that which you have heard. Sounds like a warning to me, strong warning. Yes. Take heed to that which you have heard, lest ye slip away. Jim, we're not just in slippage, we're, we're in an avalanche. It's just... Like mm-hmm. I said, it's the last days, the last hours. Satan is pouring it all out. He's letting it all go. And uh, Well, anyway, it's, again, the process from a slip to strong delusion, the process, process of a slip, you know, from an avalanche to just things going, well, who could describe them? You know, I mean, who yes. can describe them <laughs> even in terms of what we're going through right now, right? Indeed. And, and friends, this is why we bring this. I mean, the scripture says to be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, this delusion is coming from him. And and there are numerous uh, evangelicals that are falling prey to this. We are seeing so many movements that have taken place, as I mentioned, such as ECT, that that have uh, been, been promoting this and, and pushing this, uh, thrusting it forward. The whole aspect that we're seeing, uh, the purpose-driven and, and, and some of the issues that have been happening there. But, uh, friends, we're going to have a little bit more discussion on this after the break, and uh, we'll also be opening phone lines today, so stay with us. T.A. McMahon is with us today from the Berean Call, and uh, you're listening to Crosstalk here on VCY America. We'll be right back. Imagine if you could change society's stance on abortion. How do you feel about the issue of abortion? I think in some situations it can be necessary. So have you just changed your mind about abortion? Yeah. Would you have a vote for someone who was for the killing of children in the womb? No. I believe in someone's right to choose. Are you going to change your stance on it? Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely making me think, yeah. What was the compelling question to change people's minds on abortion? From Ray Comfort comes the DVD, 180. 180. Featuring street interviews in which people who were pro-abortion changed 180 degrees to pro-life. So have you just changed your mind about abortion? Yeah. 180 is available for a donation to VCY of just $5, 5 copies for a donation of $18, or 10 copies for a donation of $25. Call 1-800-729-9829. Ask for the DVD, 180.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. We're originating from Trail Ridge Camp today, and uh, as we're ministering to young people this week, and and, uh, we'll be speaking in chapel sessions, looking forward to challenging young people, first of all, to know Christ as Savior, then to certainly grow in their walk with Him. Uh, We're speaking today on the program program with T.A. McMahon, President and Executive Director of the Berean Call Ministry. We're talking about mysticism and the coming world religion. Uh, just before we delve a little bit further into this topic, Tom, for, for those who've never heard of the Berean Call, give us a word about your ministry. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, you get me excited here. Um, I've had the incredible pleasure and grace, of, uh, by the grace of God, to to work with a man named Dave Hunt for uh, close to 40 years and uh, learned so much from that guy. Just, uh, yeah, in 40 years, how could you do that? Well, because, number one, he was yeah. one of the most godly men I've ever been around, so it's got to start with that. But nevertheless, he taught me a great deal. But what are the Bereans? Acts 17.11. The Apostle Paul was in, well, first of all, he started in Thessalonica, and then he comes to to the Greek city of Berea. And he goes into the synagogue, you know, to the, the gospel to the Jews first, and then to the Gentiles. But so he went into the synagogue, and uh, what's amazing about that, what I'm going to say now, these are not Christians. These are these are Jews. So, but why are they commended? Why are they put out there? And why do we name them the, uh, our ministry after that? Because the Apostle Paul, what was he doing? He's telling them that their Messiah had come, and this, the Messiah was Jesus. And how did they react to that? Listen to this, folks. They then they searched the scriptures daily. Wow, talk about diligence. They searched the Scriptures daily to see if what the Apostle Paul was saying was true. And it is. It's true to the Scriptures. So that's, you know, that to me, for Dave and me, uh, it takes the pressure off. Look, don't look to us, you know. Be a Berean. If, if we're teaching something that's not true to the Word of God, let us know. You know, we'll make the correction and so on. So that's where, in this day of, we've talked about it, strong delusion, the day of deception, the day of the adversary, you know, putting out stuff there that um, it, it's tricky, it's seductive, it's it's all of that. Nevertheless, is it true according to the Word of God? Yeah. That's Amen. Amen. And folks, the, the website is thebereancall.org, thebereancall.org. Um, Tom, is there a connection between this mysticism and the infatuation that we're even seeing unfold today toward, like, science fiction, all the talk that's going on regarding UFOs and all those kind of things right now? Is there a connection? <laughs> Jim, it's incredible. Um, one of our conferences that we had, <clears throat> we used the, uh, uh, the analogy of the perfect storm. Now, my wife and I had a sailboat when we were young, <laughs> and it was an ocean-going sailboat. Not that we took it everywhere, but nevertheless, um, there were three things that my wife and Peg and I could do. We could recognize when there were high seas. We could recognize when maybe our compass was off. We went to dead reckoning. So there are about three things that we could handle, no matter how outrageous they got. But once it got to a fourth thing, fifth thing, a sixth thing, a seventh thing, you wouldn't be talking to me, Jim. We'd be, you know, we'd be underwater. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So, my, but my point with that is that once the adversary starts overloading, you know, those who he's trying to deceive, those who he's trying to, you know, wh- whatever it might be, seduce, uh, but basically teach lies to once there became become so many different things, what do you do? Well, we have a solution to that. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. It's called the Word of God. It's yes. called being a Berean, searching these things out to see if they're true according to the Word of God. But nevertheless, um, you know, again, strong delusion, yes. Um, all of these things that are that the adversary is throwing at us in the last days, he knows his time is short. I've mentioned that. So consequently, we have to be prepared to be able to deal with that, but not just for us, but for our children. I mean, I started off talking about just what an incredible time I had with our young people here at our fellowship. Well, 
Vacation mm-hmm. Bible School. It was just yeah. the joy of my heart to be, be with these kids. But we have a responsibility to make sure that they're not deluded, they're not buying into this or that or something. And, you know, simple way to approach it. Somebody comes up with an idea. Fine. Give me chapter and verse. Tell me how this mm. works with yeah. the truth. The truth. Right, right. Yeah. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Um, uh, Tom, we have heard the clips from Yuval Noah Harari, the advisor to Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. He's also uh, a a self-identified homosexual. He is Jewish. Uh, He has spoken of artificial intelligence creating an AI Bible. Do you see this whole new uprising of AI, artificial intelligence, fitting into this mysticism? Well, it fits in, but again, it's a lie. So let's go back to something very mm-hmm. simple about this. AI, what do they draw from? Do they draw from the Word of God? No. They draw from the wisdom so-called of the world. They, they draw from this and that. And they, you know, it's not that it isn't a, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of a mind-blowing way that they go about it. But, Jim, it's a lie. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. you know, I, I wrote an article once called a Dumpster Diving Christians. We're going to jump into the world and what they think, their ideas, and so on. Is it the truth? No. But it's, you know, what it seems like, feels like, looks like, you know, again, that's a part of the subjective nature of what's taking place. AI fits right into that. They have nothing but lies. Now, look, they they may not seem like overt lies and so on, but fine, be a Berean. Check out what they're putting together Mm -hmm. with regard to coming to a way to fix problems, to do this and do that. Now, it can happen on a worldly, temporal way, but it has no eternal value. How can it? It's not drawing from, it's not drawing from the truth, from the Word of God. So, I mean, that's my perspective. Friend. Friends, our phone number to Crosstalk today is 800-733-9829. We're opening our lines, 800-733-9829. Our topic is mysticism and the coming world religion. T.A. McMahon is with us uh, from the Berean Call Ministry, their website, thebereancall.org. And with that, Tom, how can our listeners best equip themselves to not be swallowed up by this phenomena? How can they be equipped so they don't give way to deception? That's an absolutely important, critical question. Are they in the Word of God? Are they reading the Bible daily? Are they going to the Lord? Are they committed to, not just for themselves, you know, I have a booklet called How to Strengthen the Faith of Our Children and Grandchildren with Five-Minute Conversations. We've got to pour ourselves into them, whether it be grandchildren, whether it be children, whatever the case may be. Because God has laid it out for us. Here's what we do. Here's how we go about it. We have to be committed. We have to be committed to them. And as I said, there there are all kinds of devices. You know, the the booklet that I just mentioned, it's just something the Lord put on my heart. But that's not the only way to go about it. But it has to be according to the Scriptures. It has to be diligence in knowing the Word of God, in, you know, fellowship and prayer. I mean, you know, I could go to Acts, what, 2.42, uh, you know, the Apostles' Doctrine, uh, prayer, mm-hmm. uh, fellowship. I mean, it's God has laid it out for us if we're willing to do it. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk. We've got some open lines, 800-733-9829, Mysticism and the Coming World Religion. And uh, we're talking with T.A. McMahon today, our number, 800-733-9829. We're going to line number one. Uh, We have Rich calling in from Burlington, Wisconsin. Hi, Rich, you're on the air. Hello. Go ahead, Rich. Rich, go ahead. You're on the air, please. Hello. Not hearing anything. Rich, you got a question? Yes, I do. I'm sorry. I didn't hear anything there. I have actually a comment and a question. How do we deal with all of our seminary-trained pastors that are coming in with their, what they call, higher criticism and going back to... Greek and Hebrew to make Scripture say pretty much the opposite of what the plain and clear reading of text says. Um, I could give you 
many, many examples. I've heard from uh, people that are seminary trained saying things that are, I think, really contrary to Scripture, looking at the existence of hell as a place of eternal torment, looking at Christ's death as an example, not a substitutionary payment. My experience has just been that you have to find real, specific uh, wording to catch them in playing the games with words that they do. Well, Tom, let's go ahead and respond. If you can hear me, I'm not concerned about um, their ideas, their thoughts. Why? Well, because I'm a Berean. I can search the Scriptures. You know, to the law and the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. Now, whatever they're getting, and, you know, we could take, you know, days to talk about this, but they've been influenced by the world, by, you know, psychology, by psychotherapy, by all these things that are worldly but are not true to the Word of God. So, to me, uh, it's, you know, it's not complex what scriptures are they doing. And I don't, you know, they can pervert and, you know, do, do all those things. But nevertheless, it's not going to be reinforced by the Word of God. And if that's the case, what does it say? To the law and the testimony, if they speak not according to this Word. That's why I just quoted that. But uh, So that's where I stand with that. Rich, thank you so much for the call here, Rich. We're going to go to uh, Don next on line number two from Pensacola. And Don, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hello, Jim. Jim, is that you? That's Tom. Go ahead, Don. Oh, Tom, from the Brian Call? Right. All right. Yeah, I take your newsletter. I've had it for about 10 years, and I'm so grateful for uh, you hooking up with uh, Dave Hunt and that book you put he put out or you guys put out with uh, What Love Is This? Use at PCC as a source for uh, refuting Calvinism. is a wonderful piece. And I wanted to ask you... Um, I was a, did the TM thing, went through the ceremony and whatnot, and I have a, had a mantra, and I still have the mantra. It's, ironically, it's two syllables, just like Jesus. And I just wonder if I if I had a demon or not. Well, you know, if you're a believer, you don't have a demon. You may be oppressed by them. <laughs> They're going to do whatever they can to promote their ideas. But but nevertheless, you know, this is this is an incredible thing, and I just wrote, wrote about this, um, people think that uh, that we are a Christian nation. Well, I guess that's not going to fly. Why? Because of our, not just our ecumenism, but be, but, but our, the, the idea is, is that, yeah, we can do this, they can do that, we're open to this, whatever it might be, uh, we're open to that. Well, fine. Everything that we're open to, how does that fit with, with the Word of God? And if it doesn't, then guess what? It's not biblical Christian. You know, we've got a Christianity, which is a, just a kind of a general, uh, <laughs> a general idea about what people think Christianity is. No, no, it's got to be true to the Word of God. In other words, even the and kids we got a break in right here. We got a break in right here. We're up against a break. We'll be back in just sixty seconds, friends. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Thanks, Don, for the call. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Since February of 2018, I've been warning about the return of the draft. Barack Obama, on his way out the door as president, set up a commission to study drafting America's daughters and mandatory community service. Now, the media mouthpieces seem to be hinting of a coming military draft. ABC News, just this spring, had a headline. Is it time to start talking about bringing back the military draft in the United States? And retired Admiral Mike Mullen, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said it's time for families to talk about the draft around the dinner table. Now Biden is calling up reserves. People who thought they were out of the military are being called back in. It's time American families decide now if you're going to send your treasure, your children and grandchildren to die in foreign wars with no national interest.
This is Crosstalk coming your way from VCY America. T.A. McMahon is our guest here today from the Berean Call, the website thebereancall.org. Many uh, great uh, materials that are available through their, their site and through their ministry. We're talking today about mysticism and the coming world religion. And uh, taking your calls here today, we've got several people online right now. We're going right back to the phones. Uh, on line number three, we have Mark from Monroe, Wisconsin. Hi, Mark. Thanks for calling Crosstalk. You're on the air. Yeah, uh, my comment is um, I think biblical illiteracy and lack of discernment because they're not Bereans is the biggest problem of the contemporary church. That plays right into the hands of the enemy, especially as his role as the angel of light. I don't think uh, there's enough uh, uh, church members today that uh, understand the spiritual warfare and uh, the, uh, having to put on the whole armor of God is is uh, the remedy for the whole situation, which makes us extremely vulnerable to uh, this, um, you know, upcoming uh, world uh, religion. Absolutely, I totally agree. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, for the comment. Appreciate it. Let's go next to a caller from Arizona. Hi, caller. Go ahead. You're on the air in line number four. Hello, Arizona. Okay, we'll try it again. Okay, let's try line number one, Randy in Grafton, West Virginia. Randy, you're on the air. Yes, um, I'd like to make a point of, of stating that I believe that the, the, the Pope, whoever the Pope is at the time of the rapture, that he will be the, uh, the false prophet of Revelation 13, and that the Roman Catholic Church is the biggest contributor to the ecumenical movement and the spread of false doctrine. Also, to the rise of pantheism and the interest in pantheism and Eastern mysticism is also contributing to this as well. And I'd like to have uh, 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 Mr. McMahon's input on this. Well, Thank you. number one, in my, in my view, we can't know. Um, even though there have been a lot of speculation about the, you know, the Pope, the Catholic Church, and so on, what we do know is that uh, they have a false gospel. So beyond that, in terms of the, you know, the, the Pope being the false prophet and so on, we don't know that, and I, we won't know that. And we never know that because we're out of here. That's my belief. We're, we're, we're going to be with the Lord and so on. So there's no value obviously, in, in speculating about all that stuff. Now, what we want to do is that we want to encourage people, recognizing that there are systems, false systems, belief systems, and so on. But when it comes down to the details, if we're not given the specifics of these things, then it moves to, I believe, to speculation. Now, I'm not for speculation. I am for extrapolation, where the Scripture gives us teachings about these particulars. For example, uh, through extrapolation, we can better understand what is said by Scripture interpreting Scripture. But if it goes beyond that into speculation, then I think um, it's part of delusion. Anyway, my perspective. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate the call. Uh, we have another uh, caller. This one is from West Des Moines, Iowa. Caller in West Des Moines, go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, hi. Um, I just want to point out, and he may have said it, I didn't hear the last two calls and answers, but um, I'm an example. I think I didn't understand the Bible till I was over 65. I, I somehow got born again, and God changed my heart in the Isle of Patmos when I was there, and that's a long story. But um, I gave my Bible away in 1954. I was in uh, Transcendental Meditation, and I thought I was becoming a better mm. Christian, but uh, God drew me out uh, from prayer and Bible study. But even though I was getting Bible studies, I didn't get it until I got born again. And then the Holy Spirit can do its work. So I just want to make, I think people in churches today, they're not discipled when they become believers, number one. And number two, uh, they maybe don't have the Holy Spirit, and they don't get it. Uh, that's just 
everybody's experience may not be mine, but I just don't think you can understand and be a Berean unless you have the Holy Spirit. I, I couldn't agree more. Thank you for more. the call here today. Mm-hmm. I could not And Thomas, give us a word about TM. Oh, this is an interesting point, and I'm going to add something to that. Uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi uh, brought in um, the spiritual regeneration movement. You know, we saw back in the 70s that our country, it shifted from kind of Christian, okay, into Eastern mysticism. And through the, we had these gurus that came from India and so on. This is Hinduism, okay? And what they did was they introduced their belief system in terms of just recognizing or promoting the idea that Hinduism is just as a belief system that everybody buys into, you know, we're all gods, so on and so forth. But the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, he was turned down with regard to his spiritual regeneration movement. What did he do? He, no problem for him. He changed the name to Transcendental Meditation. Now it became science, so-called. So consequently, we had that spread throughout our schools. They got it into the schools, replacing the spiritual regeneration movement. But here's a question that I would have for, for our audience here. Um, ask young people. Ask young people what the term or what the letters YMCA stand for. Just try that out. I can almost guarantee you they will not say what, what those letters stand for. What are they going to say? They're going to come up with something that relates to Hinduism, that relates to yoga, that relates to these things that the kids have bought into. So YMCA, why? It's Now it's basically yoga. M, Young Men's Christian Association. If you can find a young person who can tell you what those letters stand for, I'd be, I'd be stunned. They know lots their vocabulary is filled with Hinduism and terms that, uh, you know, mantras and divas and, uh, well, yoga itself. In other words, mm-hmm. we have been transformed from at least a quasi-Christian nation to one that's almost completely Eastern. And friends, that's where the great danger is. We are out of time. We apologize to other callers on hold. But, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. We've just scratched the surface, but really a warning uh, here in these last days. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for having me aboard. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. The Berean Call. Dot org. Thanks for listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.